going to get into the word this morning. And um, I like that I actually don't have a handheld because I can move around. <laughs> well, I can move around, although never mind. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we've been doing this series called The Blueprints, and I really hope that you guys um, are in a place of understanding of why, why, are we, why is it called The Blueprints, and why are we talking about building on biblical values? And, you know, we, we've been sharing, um, we had Pastor Gareth come and speak about how do we honor God, what does that look like? practically for us in our lives, that we're not just speaking about honoring God, but that we're, we're living it. And in sport, also just shared such a great word last week, Sunday, on living Christ-centered. No pressure. <laughs> and um, and I, I'm really just, uh, you know, expecting that as we continue through the series, that God is going to establish his word in us. So before I, before I get into it, I want to pray, and I want to commit the word to God. Lord, we thank you that this is your word. And we know that your, the Bible says that the word of God is living and active. And we thank you that your word, as, as I have the privilege of speaking your truth today, that it will come and be alive in our hearts, that it will be alive in our church and in our midst. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you would minister to our hearts. And I pray that as we hear more about the role that you play in our lives and how you empower us, to live this life, that we would have a revelation of <clears throat> just really the depth of who you are in us and to us. So may you be glorified today, and may lives be changed. May the seed of your word fall on fertile soil. And I pray that right now that the enemy, even during the service, that he would not distract us from receiving your word, Lord God, that our hearts and minds would be engaged with you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Okay, so as you know, we speak about this a lot. We've, we've got a, a local vision in our church, and that local vision is to honor, to honor God and advance his kingdom by being a healthy church that starts healthy churches. And, you know, we really, we, we want to honor God in everything that we're doing, in the way we do church, in the way we do life, in the way we connect, and, and in the way we build. And if at any time we're not honoring God and we've fallen short in that, then, then we just stop what we're doing and start again. Because God is gracious like that. There's always, there's always opportunity to start again. But I don't believe that in what we're doing that we're not honoring God. Um, and that we want to be healthy. And by being healthy means that we actually are building on these foundations, on these biblical foundations. They're not um, values that we've made up. They're, they come from the Word of God. And we believe the Word of God to be true. Amen? Spirit-inspired. And then we've got a global um, vision as well, which is, doesn't mean that because it's global we don't own it and walk in it. Um, but it's, it's just we, we have a local vision and a global vision that we, that we walk in and that we aspire to. And that is that we exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. And we're going to have subs coming next week, and he's going to be sharing about the, um, the social responsibility element. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. Because um, I also believe it's something he carries in his heart. So let's 
yeah, let's trust God for just a, a really, that, that his spirit would breathe on, on these messages so that we're building healthy. Amen? Okay. Um, so, you know, just in Matthew chapter 6, we see this encounter that Jesus has with Peter. And um, Jesus is asking him, like, who do the people say that I am? And they're having this, they're engaging and they're conversing. And then I guess to a moment in verse, uh, verse 15, it says, then Jesus asked them, but who do you say that say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John. Because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. God is building his church through people. And I really believe that that same mandate that Jesus spoke over Peter is the same for us. That God, that God is building on us. That we continue to have that revelation and that understanding of the truth that Jesus is the Messiah. So let us also be those whom we're putting our hands to the plow. That we're engaging in, in co-laboring with God to build the church, local and global. Amen? Okay. So... You know, in order to live a life that honors God in a way that is Christ-centered in everything that we do, we must have the element of being spirit-empowered. Because we can try to build in a way that is honoring and live in a way that is honoring and try and center all that we do around Jesus. But if we don't have the Holy Spirit empowering us to do that, then we might, like I said, we might as well just stop because we're not going to have power. We're not going to be honoring. We're not going to glorify God and we're not going to have lasting fruit. Okay, so the Spirit actually enables us to do these things. And, um, you know, why? What, what is Spirit empowered? Because that's what we're talking about this morning. It's that we welcome and we celebrate the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit who enables us to honor God and become effective. And that is why this is a value that we build a church on because we, we welcome him. We welcome his work in our lives, in our church, in our midst. Okay. So what, and then what do we mean by spirit empowered? Being a spirit empowered movement, not just locally here, every nation Durban, but every nation churches, it means that we experience the power of the Holy Spirit, that we teach the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we practice the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit in our daily lives, churches and campus ministries. And I love that, guys, we, every, twice a year, every year we run our growth plan, and we do the BFC, and we're building biblical foundations, um, you know, into our lives and into our hearts because we, we want to grow in our walk with the Lord and we want to grow in the word and in God and in relationship with one another. And I'm so grateful for your testimony, Irene, because it's just that's the power of the Holy Spirit at work in her life. The very fact that she was up here sharing that testimony is the, the work of the Holy Spirit. And um, I really pray that if you are, if you at any time 
this year, actually, if you have committed your heart to Jesus and you have not, um, for whatever reason, um, attended the BFC, or maybe you've been here for 10 years and you've never done the BFC, that's okay. <laughs> I want to really encourage you to come and experience the power of the Holy Spirit through the teaching of the Word, through laying foundations in your life. And I love... Um, I know we can't have favorites, like I said, but I always, one of my favorite sessions to teach on in the BFC is the Holy Spirit. Who is he? Why did he come? What role did he play in our lives? And then, you know, the baptizing people in the Holy Spirit, because that's how we live a spirit-empowered life is by being filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. So I really want to encourage you, don't miss out on an opportunity. Um, it's, it's an investment into your spiritual walk. It's an investment into your life. And I wanna, I'm going to go as far as to saying, I guarantee you that it is not going to be a waste of your time. If you're concerned about having to give five or six days of your week, you're not, you're not gonna, it's not a waste of time and you will not regret it. Okay, we cannot ever regret investing into our spiritual life because that's only going to propel us to live the abundant life that Jesus promised that we would. Okay, all right. So we're going to look at just um, two main uh, areas in in our in my message, our message. Own it with me <laughs> this morning. So we're going to look at the fact that the Holy Spirit empowers us for fruit or for fruitfulness in our personal lives. Okay. And then our second point we're going to look at is that the Holy Spirit empowers us for kingdom expansion. And I'm going to um, spend more time today on, that the Holy, the, on the second point, empowered for kingdom expansion. Because actually the BFC is going to be a great place for you to learn more about how the Holy Spirit is working in your life for you. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. So... I'm sorry, I'm going to drink a lot of water today because for some reason I'm really thirsty. So just when I drink, you take notes on that point that I was just sharing. (laughs) Okay, so Ephesians chapter 3 verses um, 14 to 20. It says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in life, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Notice how many times the scripture speaks about being empowered, that we would be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is Paul's prayer for the Ephesian church. And I believe that it is the same prayer that Jesus would have for us today. 
And I really pray that we would actually take the scripture and daily pray over our lives so that we would really begin to not just confess it, but declare it and begin to live in the fruit. Because if the word is living and it's active, then it's got to start producing some stuff in our life, right? And if we believe that the word is true, then we're going to believe that what we're confessing is stuff that's going to be life-changing. Okay, so the Holy Spirit empowers me to live out this life that God has actually called me to. And the same goes for you. The only way that you're going to effectively and successfully live out the life that Jesus has called you to, not just your neighbor, but you, is by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And essentially, you know, the call, we, we often think that we have this this destiny and this call and this purposeful living that they all kind of separate from each other but essentially the call in our life the purposeful living is that we would be like jesus and make him known and then all these other things the plans and the unique you know path that he has for us is is an overflow it's an added extra that we get to walk in and that we get to collaborate with god in this life okay but in whatever season you find yourself in, whether it's being a full-time student, a homemaker, um, a young professional, an older professional, if you're retired, <laughs> I'm, I'm only looking at one person here. <laughs> you're not really retired, Auntie Carol. You're still like working for Jesus, right? <laughs> okay. If... Whatever season we find ourselves in, we must live in such a way that we we recognize that there is an empowering of the Holy Spirit to live out that purpose, to be like Jesus in all we do and to make him known. Okay. So, you know, we need to recognize as well that the word says that we should be filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit. And it's only when we're actually baptized and filled, the word says, with power from on high, okay, that we can actually experience and begin to walk in the fruit that comes with the promise of God in Scripture, that comes with the Holy Spirit. And he, the Holy Spirit produces fruit in our lives, and he also comes with gifts. And I love that he doesn't just come and, you know, okay, let's, let's, let me come and live in you. And then, you know, we're just going to live this awesome life together. That's great. But he also brings gifts so that we can be a blessing to other people. Just like Karabo shared this morning, that Jesus came not to save just us, but he came, well, me, but he came to save me so that you can be saved too. And that we're going to talk a little bit more actually about in, in the second part about kingdom advancing. But I, like, just what really just stood out in my mind is that, you know, I don't know how you committed your heart to the Lord. I don't know if it was just a, a supernatural moment between you and Jesus or somebody ministered to you and led you to the Lord. Um, but even if you had just a you and Jesus moment, I believe there was still someone praying for you, whether you knew them or not. I don't know anyone who was praying for me. But I believe saints, believers were praying for me, <laughs> whether they knew me or not. That's why it's important, guys, that we pray for the lost and we pray for the harvest. So I don't know where you're at, but, you know, somebody somewhere was living a life according to the, 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 how the gospel teaches us to be obedient, to walk in the spirit. 
And it's when we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that, that we begin to see the effects, not just in us, because we can't just be selfish and, you know, I want this life for me, but we've got to want the life for others as well. Amen? Okay. So he releases his power to us through the fruit of the Holy Spirit to make us more like Jesus. Okay. And, um, you know, in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, Paul says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So in essence, what the Holy Spirit does is he takes us from not just occupying space, but to living a life of overflow. Okay, from barely existing and just being to living. And I pray that, you know, if you're here and you feel like you're just, you feel like you're just existing <laughs> and you're just being, you, maybe, you, maybe you feel like you're just a waste of space. I want to say that that is a lie and that the Holy Spirit brings life and life in abundance. Amen. Okay, so Titus, it's not going to come up in chapter 3, verse 5. It actually tells us that the Holy Spirit comes to bring a regeneration and regenerate who we are, that we would have a new life in Christ, that he comes to make us new. And that's his work within us. That he doesn't just come to make us like Jesus, but he takes everything that we were. Maybe it was a, a hot mess. And he comes and, and he starts to make new what was broken. Or what was maybe areas of our lives that are not honoring Jesus or glorifying him. That it's through his work and through even the fruit of the spirit that we begin to be like these new people that the Bible says that we are. That the old is gone and the new has come by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. He produces in us and he works in us what we're not capable of doing on our own. So if you're trying really hard to produce something in your life, but you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be trying a whole lot and getting a whole lot of nothing. Okay. So we have to grab a hold of the truth and we're going to actually live like we believe it. Because I think as believers, you know, if we're believers, it means we're believing. And sometimes as believers, we don't really believe much of what the Bible says about who we are and what we can do, about what we're able to do. And so I pray that it's a revelation that we get, because some of us, maybe we just need that revelation, that our eyes need to be open to see a little bit more than what we're seeing, to know a little bit more than what we know. Okay. And um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, it tells us that we need to put on the new man or woman. <laughs> so this is the process that we need to daily come before God and thank him for the work that he's doing in our lives and the empower us the Holy Spirit for the empowerment to live like these new people he's called us and he's created us to be because sometimes we I think we just we we expect it just to come and it will come you know if we've got the word in us and if we're spending time with God but if you're not living in relationship with the Holy Spirit then it's going to be really hard to know what is he doing in your life? You know, what are these things that he wants you to let go of? If you're struggling in a particular area and you're, you're trying to get free on your own, 
What are you doing? You're not going to get free on your own. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the grace of the Holy Spirit to work in you. The grace is the, is the power of God in your life. Amen? Okay. You know, when, the, when, we, when we realize this amazing truth that the Holy Spirit, when we get baptized with the Holy Spirit, he comes to take up residence in our lives. He brings his bags and he moves in permanently. <laughs> and sometimes we feel like, you know, he's just, he's come in and out. You know, and, and maybe for some, we're living like he's just a guest instead of a, a permanent resident in your life. And that knowing that, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, if, if a visitor comes to your home and they bring gifts, that's a pretty exciting thing, right? <laughs> that's pretty cool. And yet the Holy Spirit brings the best gifts. And how do I know that they're best gifts? They are the best gifts because the word says that we should eagerly desire the best gift. So he's the best gift giver. Amen. <laughs> okay. So I love that, you know, it's, this is a truth that we need to get a hold of, that the best gift giver is living in us and that he's a permanent residence in our lives. And um, I think also one thing which, you know, sometimes we, we need to, or we forget, is that, um, you know, we can actually live like Christians and get on and do. And I could be up here and, and preaching, um, and maybe I could say some nice things, but if I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit for that to bring about change in your life, then again, what am I doing? Because then we're just listening to a nice talk or a nice preach. So, you know, we, we need to learn to be um, skilled at also listening to the Holy Spirit, listening to what it is he's wanting to do in our lives. And, you know, a branch that is separate from the vine won't produce any grapes. So are you connected? Is the Holy Spirit connecting you to the life of Jesus? Or are you just, you know, you've kind of, you're just, you're hanging on. <laughs> okay, and I, I just, I pray that, um, that you, that we here, that we would be connected to the vine so that the Holy Spirit can produce that fruit in our life. Okay, so that was just a little bit about us and our uh, relationship with the Holy Spirit. But as I said, I want to, that was just so that you got something. Uh, but the, the BFC is going to give you more, okay? So I want to talk about empowered for kingdom expansion. Because I think we can spend a lot of time talking about me, my, give me, I want, do in me, but not a lot of focus on, okay, how can I really be an arrow in the kingdom? How can I be a voice in the darkness or a light in the darkness and a voice in the world that doesn't really know Jesus or that doesn't really believe in Jesus? And it's our mandate as a church that we would go out and do the work of the kingdom. Okay. And, um, you know, the word empower, to empower means to give ability to. So the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to produce godly fruit in our lives. It's, he empowers us to personally live a life of victory, to live in the promise of scripture for my life to empower me to be delivered from addictions, from sin, from sickness, whatever it may be. There is an empowering, there is an ability within you. 
but there is also an ability within you to be a kingdom advancer. Do we have kingdom advancers? Or do we just have church attendees? <laughs> so the Holy Spirit empowers us. How do we advance the kingdom? How do we take ground for Jesus? How do we get these seats filled? Not just because we want full a full church, but because we actually care about lives and where people are going if they don't know Jesus. And we want to do, we want a full house because spiritual family, okay, and because we value people and we love people. And if Jesus doesn't want anyone to perish, then shouldn't we feel the same? Okay. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to evangelize. And I know we've been hearing a lot about this, especially over um, the internship and, um, you know, we've been equipped and we've just been really, I think, inspired in our hearts to know that actually, you know what, I can evangelize. I can do this. The Holy Spirit, when we look in scripture, he, in, in the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit compelling um, Peter, Paul, Philip, and many others to actually value lost people and to preach the good news to them. Can I ask you to do a little heart check? You don't have to put up your hand because maybe we'll all fail. <laughs> how much do you value lost people? And I'm not saying by word, but how much do, and when we say lost, those who don't know Jesus, how much value do you place on making sure that they're found? And that means preaching the gospel, sharing Jesus. Is that a priority in the grand scheme of your life right now? Like you've got maybe family, work, studies, babies, <laughs> whatever that is. In the grand scheme of things, where, where is evangelism in there? Where is valuing the lost? Okay, so now I'm going to ask you to put up your hand. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Um, in the book of Acts chapter 13, um, verse 1 to 5, we also see there, um, and I'm going to read it for you. No, I'm not going to read it for you. <laughs> okay, my iPad's playing games, but that's all right. Um, anyway, we see Paul and Barnabas being inspired. The word says that they were sent by the Holy Spirit to go and preach the gospel and to go and plant churches. And we also, as I said, we see that in the book of Acts, that it's the Holy Spirit who empowers us and who inspires us to go and preach the gospel. Do you know, um, do you ever think we can have enough churches in our city? No, because at the end of the day, maybe here, even if we fill this place, maybe we can only have so many services. Imagine if the whole city of Durban was attending church right now. Where would they go? We need churches. We need people to be going out and planting churches, but those who are sent by the Holy Spirit. And that's a value. We need to value church. We need to value this, what we're doing here. We need to value partnering with church plants. We need to value partnering with the gospel. Why? Because the gospel is the power of God for salvation. For all who believe, no matter your culture, no matter your race, no matter your past, for all who believe. Okay, but it is the Holy Spirit who gives power to that gospel in order for it to actually come in and convict us of sin, to come and make us aware of the need, the deep need that we have for, G for our Savior, Jesus, in our lives. Guys, can I tell you something? 
And this is going to blow your mind. I know it is. And it's free. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? You don't need a theology degree to go and tell someone about Jesus. (laughs) Okay. And I think sometimes, you know, we, we make it so complicated what Jesus made so simple. It's called the simple gospel. I mean, I think we've called it the simple gospel for a reason. You don't need to wait for a certificate or you don't even need to wait for the BFC before you go and tell someone about Jesus. If you don't know how to tell someone about Jesus, I'm surprised you're here <laughs> because, you know, how has that impacted your life that you're here? There must be a reason. There must be something that you can tell yourself as to why you're believing. Can't you go and tell that same thing to somebody else? Don't you have a testimony? Didn't God do something in your life to get you here? Okay, so we don't need a degree even to go and tell someone about what Jesus did in our lives. It's just your testimony, but it is powerful. And I pray that we get that. That let's not underestimate the work of the Holy Spirit. Whether it was just this one day, just like the lights went on and you realize, oh my gosh, if I don't give my heart to Jesus, these these are my options. That's still a testimony. Because it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that you even got to that place. Salvation is a miracle, guys. The fact that you're here is a miracle. There are a lot of people who are so far from God that they don't even know what's coming for them. And we gotta be Jesus, we gotta be his mouthpiece so that people know. Okay, we gotta go and preach the gospel. It is the good news of what Jesus has done for us. And it's free. Okay. So as I said, let's not make complicated what Jesus made simple. Maybe, to be honest, maybe we need to learn, okay, so what is the gospel? Guys, the DMC is coming (laughs) next week. It's going to be great. Seriously, if you you don't know how to tell us tomorrow, yes, yeah, (laughs) don't be late. (laughs) If you don't, if you genuinely like, okay, I'm here, Jesus has done an awesome work in my life, um, but I don't really know how to tell other people about that, or I don't really know what, you know, what this is, then come because we're going to also teach you how to share your testimony. Okay. So what do we do? We want to equip you so that you can actually effectively go and share the gospel, evangelize. Okay. Do you guys think that um, evangelism is just for the evangelists? No. We should, at heart, we should all be evangelists. We should all have that passion and that drive. Because of what Jesus did in my life, man, I want him to do the same. For my neighbor, I want him to do the same for that really, yeah, that person at work who just rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> they need Jesus. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, evangelism, in essence, it's just, it's reaching out to your neighbor, your, your friend, your family, your coworker, your kid's teacher, the lady at the shop serving you, the waitress, the waiter. Person is working in home affairs. <laughs> I was like, hmm, I didn't plan that. Just <laughs> we love we love people, guys. <laughs> okay, and um, you know I think too often we're living um, 
The Holy Spirit is a power, right, at work within us. I think we've established that. So if we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, why are we living like unplugged Christians? As if we don't have this power available to us. And I just, when I was preparing this, I just got this picture of, you know, like we're people who are plugged in, but they're not switched on. And I pray that we would, if you're not switched on, (laughs) that today you would get switched on. That the Holy Spirit would come in and that he would just make you realize what is available, not what's going to come, but what is already in you. That you just need to switch on, flip that switch, and step out. Partner with the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, encountering the Holy Spirit was such a critical part of Jesus' ministry um, that before he even ascends to heaven after his resurrection, he gives his disciples a charge not to go and start ministry without being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, just a little disclaimer. Um, you might be thinking that I'm saying here that the moment we give our lives to Jesus, we don't have the Holy Spirit. That's not true. Because it's the Holy Spirit that enables us to even just give our lives to Jesus. He convicts us of sin. And, and he, the Bible says that he is the mark of promise. He is the seal upon our lives when we give our lives to him. But there is a filling with power. And I love that. I'm going to learn. You see, BFC is so fresh on my mind. <laughs> but what we're going to learn in the BFC and today, um, I shouldn't do too, like, speak too much about that because then people will be like, oh, I got BFC in church. <laughs> But that being baptized actually in the Holy Spirit is speaking about and being being immersed in power. And I love explaining this by thinking about water baptism. We're immersed in the waters of the swimming pool. (laughs) Okay? And then if you can just think of being immersed in the full power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Think when you think being is that me, obviously me. Being baptized in the full power of the Holy Spirit. Guys, that's powerful. I hope you realize that that's, that's huge. That's not like, you know, the little sprinkling of power. <laughs> that's being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, so Jesus says to his disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, Durban North, Town, Glenwood, Campus, Newlands. What have we got? What else? What did you say? Hillcrest, Pantown, Rich. Peter Maritzburg. Jesus loves Peter Maritzburg. <laughs> Joburg. I don't know how much Jesus loves Joburg right now. <laughs> and Kandla. <laughs> Jesus loves all people. <laughs> okay, so guys, the New Testament church was on a mission to preach the gospel and to plant churches. Are we on the same mission? Are we on the same mission? Are we on the same mission? (laughs) Okay, maybe you guys aren't. (laughs) We'll get there, right? 
Okay. They were fearless. They were bold, guys. They were courageous. They had a Jesus mandate to go and tell people about the wonderful gift that he had for them of eternal life. And I pray that you wouldn't just think that this was a mission of the New Testament church, but that of the local church today. Because we're just, we're, we're just continuing the work of the local church. And guys, you know, when it comes to evangelism, we're so worried about whether people will receive us or reject us. We're so worried about how we're going to share the gospel and saying the right things. And it's good to say the right scriptural things. But the method is not always going to be the same. And we must, I think we need to stop worrying about what people are going to say and what people are going to think and be a little bit more concerned about what Jesus is saying and what he has said already. And, you know, I, I've been rejected a lot of times trying to tell people about Jesus. And I had to learn that at the end of the day, they're not rejecting me. I mean, it might look like they're rejecting me, but they're rejecting the message. They're rejecting the gospel. They're rejecting Jesus. And let that not hinder us. You know, Jesus even said um, to his disciples when he sends them out, he said that not everybody will receive you. So shouldn't we feel like, okay, not everybody received them. It's okay. Not everybody will receive me either. <laughs> but we still pray for them. We still pray that if we got to say Jesus loves you, that that was a seed that somebody else can come and continue to keep sowing in their lives. Okay. Um, you know, I really pray that we, you know, by waiting on the Holy Spirit, as we even not just waiting, waiting is good, but as we're doing and going, that we, we trust that the Holy Spirit will even empower us to turn every conversation to Christ, whether you're talking about the weather, if you're talking about you know, what food you're going to have for lunch. If it's someone sharing just, you know, that they're not feeling well or someone telling you about stuff that they're going through, we need to be skilled to look for opportunity, which means we've got to be listening and not just trying to talk all the time because we're going to listen, <laughs> to really be able to see how we can turn the conversation to Jesus. And I believe that that is, that's just one, can I call it a sneaky way? <laughs> That if you can't directly preach Jesus, that you can bring him into conversation. That we can turn any interaction to an opportunity to glorify Jesus, to explain the gospel. And that is, when, when we're able to do that, we're, we're seeing the effect of the Holy Spirit to, again, do what we can't do on our own. Okay, and then the Holy Spirit also empowers us, surprise, surprise, to make disciples. Okay, you know, when we look at the ministry of Jesus, from the moment he was baptized, the, the whole three years of his ministry, we see him not only ministering um, in different towns and cities to all sorts of people, but we actually see him taking time out to minister to and teach and equip his disciples, those who he called, those who he did the journey with. And he invested in them. He invested discipleship into their lives. He taught them truth. He taught them the word. Um, you know, they had opportunity to watch and learn. He, they, they got to watch how he interacted with people. They got to watch how he brought truth when the Pharisees were coming with their religious ways. And they got to see the miracles that he did. 
right before their eyes. I would have loved to have just been there, which means I wouldn't be here right now. Get it? <laughs> Only Auntie Joy got that. Okay. <laughs> um, and they got to grow in their faith, even though sometimes Jesus had to be like, okay, you need, you need more faith. Even though they were walking with him, they're just good to know that they were also just like us, hey? <laughs> and um, Jesus didn't just give them a theoretical knowledge. Not, don't just watch me, but go and do. You go and make disciples. You, Jesus sent them. He sent out the 70. He sent out the 12. Go and preach the gospel. Go and pray for the sick. Go and cleanse the lepers. Go cast out demons. Go and raise the dead. Go and raise the dead. (laughs) Go and cleanse the lepers. Go and pray for the sick. Go and preach the gospel. I love that the word isn't just confined to the New Testament and to the disciples, but to us. Because we're, we're believers, we're disciples, we're children of God. We have been made, we, we're, we're chosen by him. The very fact that we're here, the same mandate applies to us. And, um, you know, also Jesus knowing that he was going to be leaving shortly, knowing that he's been with them, they've been watching, they've been learning, and he's been giving them opportunity to do as well. He knew that, okay, when I'm gone, they're going to have to continue the work. Let me give them opportunity to do what they need to do to continue the work that I have started. And um, in Matthew 28, the word says, Then Jesus came to them, from verse 18, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. You know, if Jesus just left and he didn't leave his Holy Spirit, do you think the disciples would have been able to do what they did? Jesus knew that when when he left and went back to the Father, he would have to send a helper. He would have to send the Holy Spirit. And, you know, being a disciple is not... And I think just when you look at the way Jesus discipled and he brought... His, his 12 in and he, they, you know, they did ministry with him. I love that he was teaching them that discipleship is not just about being, but it's, it's about doing as well. And I think sometimes we, we feel like discipleship is about me being like Jesus. And it very much is. We can't not have that element. But discipleship is also about going and doing like Jesus did. And I think that as believers, you know, the word says um, that we need to be salt and light. And I feel like sometimes we can lose our saltiness when we're not continually being seasoned by the word and by prayer. When we're not being refreshed and continually filled. Because the word also says that we mustn't just be filled and that's a once-off occasion, but that we continue to be filled. That the Holy Spirit continues to fill us. But that we... We remember that we, if we're going to make a difference, if we're going to make an impact, if we want to be effective, we've got to be salty. Okay? And we've got to, people need to look at our lives and they want to taste and see the goodness of God on us. 
what God has done in us, that they've got to want that. Okay. So let us not lose our effectiveness for the gospel because we've lost our saltiness. We've lost our flavor. We've lost what it is that Jesus has been doing in us because we've disconnected with him. And, um, you know, if you're not being discipled or if you're not discipling anyone, I want to encourage you to relook at that because I just in my own life have been so impacted by somebody investing in me by helping me walk this walk, by helping me do the journey and my weaknesses, by calling out the strengths, by seeing in me things that I couldn't see in myself. So as much as discipleship helps us to live like Jesus and be who he's called us to be, we need to do that for other people as well. We need to be helping people to see Jesus. We need to be lifting people up when they're falling down. We need to be helping when somebody is struggling to pray, that you're going to encourage them, that you're going to get them to a place where they're able to stand up in strength, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and then that they would then go and do the same for other people. And those people would do the same for other people. And, um, you know, we... As we understand that the gospel has power, the gospel has power to change. And the gospel has power to work in our lives, to do what it is that the word calls us to do, to be who it is that the word calls us to be, to be disciple makers. Maybe you feel like your life isn't all together and that you, don't, you, can't, you can't be a disciple maker. I mean, come on. Well, can you read the Bible? Can you pray? Can you praise Jesus? If you can do that, then you can equip someone else to do that. Again, why do we make so complicated what's so simple? And we grow. We grow in our walk with the Lord. And we grow in the way that we're able to lead and encourage and minister. Um, The Holy Spirit then also equips us to continue the great work. You know, the night before Jesus went to the cross, he spent time with his disciples. We see that discipleship moment. He was teaching them, okay, the word. He was teaching them um, and also telling them about what was ahead, what was coming, that he had to ascend back to the Father and that they need to continue the work. Okay, he wanted them to take this word to heart, not just be hearers, but doers. And I pray that as a church, we're not just coming every Sunday to church so that we can hear the word, but we're coming so we can hear, let it impact us, and that we can then go and do. Because we've missed the mark if we think that we can just, it's just for us, church is just for us to come on a Sunday and be filled. But church is very much that, but it's also that you can be filled to then go and minister to others, to go and be salt and light to others. Whatever word you have been, somebody has preached to you, go and preach to somebody else. Even if it's just one thing that stood out to you. You don't, let's not underestimate the power of one truth to change someone's life, to cause them to see Jesus in a new way. In John chapter 14 verse 12, Jesus said, what I am about to tell you is true. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. In fact, he will do even greater things because I am going 
That is because I'm going to the Father. And I love that Jesus starts off by saying what I'm about to tell you is true. Because I don't know if they would have believed him if he didn't say that. Because Jesus did amazing things. Okay, so he promised. It was a promise to them that they would do greater things. And, um, you know, I think that sometimes we... We don't think that this is possible in our lives. Like, what do you mean I can, I can pray for the dead and they'll come back to life? What about praying for the spiritually dead? Sometimes we just look at the impossible. People need to, need life. People need Jesus. That, that new life that the Holy Spirit has given to us. Let's go and, let's go and pray for the lost that they too may come to new life. You know, where Jesus cleansed the lepers, like I don't, I haven't seen a leper in our society. I don't really know what the equivalent is, but let's just say sick people. God can heal them through you. Not because of what you're capable of doing, but because of what he's capable of doing through you, because he lives in you. Um, In John chapter 16, verse 5 to 7, Jesus says, but now I am going back to the father who sent me. And none of you asks me where I am going. You were very sad from hearing all this, but I tell you that I am going to do what is best for you. That is why I am going away. The Holy Spirit cannot come to help you until I leave. But after I am gone, I will send you the Holy Spirit. Can I have two disciples? Asipe, you're a disciple. Oh, Mac was coming. Let's have a girl and a guy. You're, you're a guy. <laughs> okay, so I, wanna, I just want to give you this picture. That, um, this picture of Jesus and his disciples. That while they were um, operating in, you know, you know they, even they went out and they came back and they said, Jesus, like, you know, people are getting healed. People are getting saved. And they were so excited about that. And he was like, yes, even the demons believe. Okay. But that wasn't any power that they had on their own because they were not yet filled with the Holy Spirit. So this was what it kind of was looking like. So I'm Jesus, hallelujah, (laughs) disciple. (laughs) I'm filled with power. Remember, Jesus got baptized at his baptism. He had the whole shebang. (laughs) The Holy Spirit came down and filled him with the power of God to, to do the work of his ministry. So what this was looking like, so I'm Jesus and I've got all the power. I'm sending you out, so I'm giving you power. So you're not filled. I'm just giving you now. Now you're going to go and do because I've sent you. Okay, but now you also want to stay with me, right? So we're going, but you're staying because I have the power and I'm able to do good things and don't worship me. (laughs) Okay, I know, but like, let's let's stay humble about it. (laughs) Okay, so... Basically, I'm just, I'm just giving you guys power and authority to go and do, but I've got the power. Okay, so you, you like being with me because you like seeing what I'm doing. You like that when you're with me, and that when I send you, you can also do these awesome things. But now I'm going. I'm going. Okay, so, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit, so now you can be filled with power. <laughs> So now it's no longer a temporary ability to do the work of the ministry. It's a permanent infilling, a permanent immersion. Thank you, disciples. Actually, should we leave leave them here? (laughs) 
too powerful to say. So that's just to give you a picture of what this means for us now that, yes, Jesus went back to the Father, but he knew that we were going to need the permanent infilling of the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses, to make disciples, to advance the kingdom on a daily basis. Okay. So the Holy Spirit, as I've said already, empowers us to do only what Jesus could do or give us the authority to do or the disciples in those days. But that now, that as that command to go and make disciples still stands. And that we don't have to wait for a moment of, okay, Jesus, can you send your word of authority or power so that I can go and do? No, we can go and we can be and we can do. Okay. And his power is like spiritual dynamite. There is so much in us that I think we're gonna, we would be surprised that if we had to pursue the fullness of the outworking of his power in our lives, I think we would just be, whoa, is this, can we do this? Is this real? Like, did you give us this, Holy Spirit? You've given us these gifts. We're gonna learn about the gifts at BFC. (laughs) And they're amazing. And it's exciting that Jesus would send his Holy Spirit so that we can continue, that we could do the greater works. Do you believe you can do greater works? Do you need faith that you can do greater works? I do. <laughs> okay, because what Jesus did was, was amazing. But I want to do amazing with him. And he believes that we can do amazing with him. That's why he's given us, us his spirit. Um, we're going to close. But, you know, also just, I want to give just a, an encouragement. You know, maybe you feel like you are, you're not worthy to be baptized with this amazing power. Or maybe you feel like you've, you've messed up. Or, you know, you feel like you, you know, you've maybe done stuff. Or you've been places and you've seen things. And why, why would God want to fill me? Why would he want to use me? Guys, that's the beauty of the gospel. That it doesn't matter who you are where you've come from, God wants to use you. And God wants to bring this new life to you so that you can even go, so that people can see the glory of God or what he's done on your life. We suddenly are failures because we're filled with this power because God values us enough to not just pick and choose some of us, but to want to use all of us. That our, our failures don't define what we can do for him. That we don't have to look at our past and our history and say, okay, um, you know, I can do that, but I can't do that. Or, you know what, even I, I, I keep praying for people to get healed, but nothing's happening. Don't let the nothing's happening define whether you can be used by God or not. Because you don't know what's happened when you've walked away. I pray for a, num- okay, a number, a couple of people, <laughs> let's be real here, that, <laughs> you know, sometimes we just want to exaggerate. <laughs> Because it sounds better, hey? Um, <laughs> I prayed for a number of people who have not experienced the manifestation of the healing right there and then. But have, like when I asked them, like a week or so, even one of our students who hasn't been well, and I prayed for her on Tuesday, and I, yesterday I was like, so how are you feeling? So, oh, I forgot to tell you, completely healed. Um, I was like, the pain, I'm like, okay, awesome, praise Jesus. <laughs> Could have told me that before, encourage me a little bit. <laughs> Guys, even when no one's encouraging you, let Jesus encourage you. 
So don't ever think that we're not seeing define what we feel like we're able to do, okay? Because it's not about us, it's about Jesus. And ultimately, guys, the effect of the Holy Spirit is to take all that God has given us, our gifts, our experiences, our passions, our knowledge, and set them to work for God to bring him glory. And, um, you know, I really I pray that we would be that kind of people, that we're not just looking at what's, yes, we're looking at what's in our hands, but we're also looking at, okay, let's, let me use what's in my hands so that God can grow and give me more. Because if we're faithful with little, God will trust us with much. And then just in closing, um, you know, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 8, Isaiah has this vision, and the Lord has a message that he's wanting to deliver to the people of Judah. And, um, and God, God, he, God says this. No, Isaiah says. <laughs> also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. Isaiah's response to God asking, who can I go? Who will send this message? Who will be my messenger? Who will be my servant? Isaiah says, I will be your servant and I will go. And, you know, there is still a message that needs to be delivered today. There is still a message that people need to hear, the message of salvation the message of God's deliverance for his people, for us, for those who don't know him. The message that Jesus has a plan and a purpose for your life. Maybe it's even the simple message that Jesus loves you. And I pray that we would be those people that God wouldn't have to look around and, and say, who, who will go? Who will we send? Who will go and tell people about what Jesus has done? That he wouldn't even have to be looking but that we'd already be here, waiting, ready. Lord, send me, no matter what the cost. You know, as I said, the disciples, you know, in spreading the gospel in, in the early church, they were brave. I said they were courageous. They were bold. But they suffered much persecution. They chose to lay their lives down. Guys, can we move away from comfortable Christianity? Because I don't know what it says in your Bible, but it never says we're going to have a comfortable life. It's going to get a little bit hot at times. It's going to get challenging. We're not always going to see the results that we want to see. We're not always going to be able to, um, you know, just see even the way that Jesus sees because of stuff and life. But what I do know is that the gospel is powerful enough to bring us into that place that even when we're facing persecution, we will keep worshiping God, that we will keep serving him, and that we will keep choosing to take this message that has impacted our lives in such a way that we, no matter what the cost, that we will pick up the cross and we'll go. You know, um, Reinhard Bonnke, you might know him, a German uh, Pentecostal evangelist. He's a minister. He's seen... Now I'm not exaggerating. Millions of people come to Christ through his ministry and through the preaching of the gospel. And he said, God always works with workers and moves with movers, but he does not sit with sitters. 
And just in the context of this is that, guys, we need to be a people who are on the move. That, you know, when, when we say pray, give, go, that maybe you're called in this season to pray. Maybe you're called to give. But let's pray that we don't just stay praying and giving, but that we go as well. Because it's in the going and as we go that we see the Spirit of God begin to move that we see the Spirit of God begin to operate in our lives in such a way that we didn't even know was possible. Um, I know we don't have a keyboardist, but if can we get some maybe background music? Um, thank you, AV team. You guys are amazing. Um, and can I ask us to stand? And I, I really want us just to, what I felt for this moment um, is to just take a moment to pray for us that, you know, we would be a people who are hungry for the power of God in our lives and that we would even just pray that even here and now the Holy Spirit would come again and fill us with his holy... Oh, thank you. The Lord provides in mysterious ways. (laughs) That God would come and reignite a passion in our hearts and in our lives for the Holy Spirit to come and not just work in us, guys, but to work through us. That, you know, we really, that we won't just say, guys, we're going to, as a church, we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But that we would really be the hands and feet of Jesus. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray that we're going to be a church that because the Holy Spirit is moving, because he's in our midst, because he's in our lives, he's moving in us and through us. I don't know about you, but I'm trusting for revival, that the Holy Spirit would revive us, revive our hearts, so that he would be able to move through us and that we'd begin to see revival in our church, in our workplace, in our connect groups, in our city, in our families. That there would be an awakening of the Holy Spirit. That we're, we're just, you know, we're so in our minds complacent and, and comfortable. That the Holy Spirit would begin to stir in us and begin to move us so that we move with him and for him. And I, can I ask that we just take a moment, if you want to lift your hands up just as a sign of receiving what it is that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life at the mo- in this moment, that there would be just a, a release of faith to believe that we can really be those who are kingdom advances. And if maybe there's an area in your life that you know, you know what, I need, I need to be awakened to this power that is available to firstly produce the fruit in my life that the Holy Spirit promises in his word that he's going to do. That he's going to really fulfill the promises of God in my life. If you just need a reminder that God is near and his spirit is near and his spirit is available. And then also we're going to pray that there's just going to be this moment where we're going to just pray that the Holy Spirit will come in power and fill us. So Holy Spirit, we just pray right now that as we've heard about what you're able to do in our lives, that Lord, you you empower us to evangelize, that we will not shrink back because we know who is working in us. We know the power of the gospel to save all people, Lord. Would you come and stir a fire in our hearts to evangelize to those who don't know you, to even evangelize those who were walking with you but have gone astray? Would you come and reignite a passion?
not just be disciples, but to make disciples.